Good morning, everybody, and welcome to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. This is Katie Weaver, and I am here with my partner in crime, Christy Brower. Hey, everybody. Good morning. How are Good you? Morning. I am well, you know, I'm I'm living the quarantine life and doing all right. Um, really grateful we're having good weather at this point. Yeah. At, least, at least I can go outside and that is mm-hmm. nice. Yep. The sun has shone every day this week. We've had a little rain too, but mostly sunny skies and beautiful weather. Yeah. It makes yeah. a big difference, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. It really does. For sure. Well, we have been down the rabbit hole for the last few weeks Ooh, on, we? <laughs> yeah, on the Vallow case. And, of course, this is the case of missing children. And, and we always want to make sure that we draw ourselves back to that. There's so many players in this that we've been evaluating and analyzing. But at the end of the day, this is about two missing kids. Yeah. And their names are Tylee Ryan and J.J. Vallow. And that's what matters here. Mm-hmm. But we have been going week by week and kind of going through each of the main players and their timelines and discussing them. So today we're talking about Alex Cox. But before we get too deep into that, I just want to recap a few things. And that is this case is taking place in my hometown, well, both of our hometown and yep. the town I live in and the town that Christy is uh, not far from. Yep. And this is happening in Rexburg, Idaho. This is where these kids went missing from. This is an itty-bitty town of like 30,000 people, notwithstanding the university here. A crime like this, a situation like this here is so unheard of that uh, it's really turned this town on its ear in a lot of ways. Christy and I, uh, you know, we do true crime paranormal. We're both professional psychics. We have chosen to cover this case extensively, partly because it's happening in our backyard and partly because we do have some interesting insight into it because we are former Mormons. We were born and raised in the Mormon church and Mormonism is at the crux of the beliefs of this case. And so unless you've been raised in this religion, there are some things that you probably don't quite get or grasp. And so that's Mm. one of the reasons that we felt like maybe we were uniquely qualified to offer a little analysis to this case. Yeah. Yeah. It's a really important part of it because I think when you get right down to it, like we talked about last week, uh, Chad's beliefs and the way that Lori has adopted them have everything to do with what's happened. It's related to the deaths in this situation. It's related to the missing children. It comes down to what they believe is coming and who they believe they are. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lori, of course, being the mother of these children and Chad being their stepfather and uh, their most recent stepfather. And so if you, if we're leaving you in the dark on a few things, go back and watch the the very first uh, recording of this that we did was called Where Are the Children? Then we did Vallow Files uh, Part 2, talking Mm -hmm. about Lori. Then we did, last week we talked all about Chad and Lori and Lori's beliefs. Mm -hmm. And that's a really important one. Well, we did one on Joseph Ryan. Oh, we did cover Joseph Ryan as well. uh, Yeah, Lori's father. Yeah, Tylee's father, Joseph, or yeah, Lori's third husband. So if we're leaving you in the dark, listen to those. Um, it's going to take you all day. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> it is what it is. We didn't well, make this timeline. We talked but... about that, you know, the timeline wraps around all the way around both of our houses to try to keep track of it and all the people. So we knew this mm-hmm. had to be a multi-episode feature. And For it will sure. be ongoing because the kids are still missing. Mom's still in jail. Yeah. There's, you know, we're a long ways from a resolution, I think. 
Absolutely. So today we're going to dip our toe into the waters of Alex Cox. Alex Cox is, I know, (laughs) gross. I think it's a slimy pond, man. (laughs) Yeah, we're both, (laughs) we're going to need some sunshine when this is over. So Alex is Lori's brother, the nephew, or the, sorry, the uncle to these missing kids. And by all uh, purposes, seems to have been Lori's right-hand man in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, the more we get into this, I think the more that we, we can help you to see or, or well, I guess maybe support the belief that we both share that uh, Lori and Alex seem to have a uncommon relationship, maybe even an inappropriate relationship. There mm-hmm. yeah. is some degree of Alex seeming to take Lori's word uh, as well, as they say, as gospel, you know? Oh, yeah. And being absolutely willing to do anything she wanted him to do. Some people believe that's because she uh, was perhaps blackmailing him a bit as well. Other people believe it was because of his uh, absolute uh, Lori worship. You guys can decide, but... Or was it it an incestuous relationship? That's just my theory, but there's just something strange about a relationship, a sibling relationship in which someone is willing to do anything for their sibling to the point of murder. Of murder. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to back up to Joseph Ryan for just a moment. We've talked about this already, but now we're talking about Alex. So we're going back. (laughs) Joseph Ryan was Lori's third husband and Joseph was assaulted by Alex. Now, Lori and Joseph had a really bitter custody dispute over Tylee that went on for years and years and years and years. And Alex was involved in that. In 2007, on August 5th, Alex was arrested in Austin, Texas for aggravated assault because he stun gunned, or is that the right word, tased? I think that's tased, something like that, yeah. Yeah, Joseph Ryan. Uh, and threatened to kill him. He ended up, uh, apparently Ryan had just finished a supervised visit with his four-year-old daughter, Tylee, at the time, and he had suffered injuries. He sprained his wrist in the fall. Alex Cox did 90 days in jail. While he was in jail, he sent a letter to a friend asking her to send him Joseph Ryan's picture, address, and license plate uh, in jail, stating it would be popular in here and some of these guys would like to hang out with him. So while he was in jail, he was trying to uh, drum up some aggression against Joseph Ryan. Mm -hmm. Seems that he didn't learn a whole lot. Uh, Later on, there is a comedy clip. We're not going to share it here because honestly, we were pretty grossed out by it. Uh, And really just don't even need that fool to have any more attention than he deserves but if you want to go find it it is kind of interesting he talks a little bit about how he his brother-in-law was uh a pedophile which there's absolutely no proof of that whatsoever Mm -hmm. never never accused in any way other than by this guy never Mm -hmm. accused by his child or or even by the child's mother in a public way no, but says that he was a pedophile, says that he used a stun gun and hit him in the nuts with it mm-hmm. and bragging about it and joking about his time in jail. It's pretty, uh, it's gross. It's it's typical of this guy, I'm afraid. But mm-hmm. anyway, so if you guys want to go find that, you're more than welcome to. 
But that's uh, a, a time, interestingly, uh, kind of hauntingly, where he actually spoke about it publicly. Mm. Yeah. And then moving forward, so 10 years later, and, and our understanding is that Alex was a truck driver. I I don't have written proof of that, but that's what I'm hearing from others. Is That, that was his vocation, is that he was a truck driver, um, just just to put that out there. Now, Lori's third husband, Joseph Ryan, was found dead in his apartment in Gilbert, Arizona, of an, an apparent heart attack. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a, two different stories uh, out in the etherwebs here about it. One is that he laid in his apartment dead for three weeks before he was found. Uh, other reports are saying that he was in his apartment dead for at least one week before he was found. Apparently, a neighbor's dog smelled something and was wouldn't leave his apartment alone until they called the police and discovered that there was a dead body inside. The autopsy lists his heart attack, of course, or his death is a heart attack, but, and he was cremated, but moving into earlier this year in 2020, there was a report that the, uh, either the FBI or the Gilbert Police Department have reopened that case uh, and they are investigating Alex Cox in the death of Joseph Ryan. Yep. It's another one of those, ooh, we just fell over of a heart attack kinds of stories that yep. keep happening in this case. Mm-hmm. And it's it's questionable. It was also an unattended death. And that's how, why I, I, I really question what's going on with mm-hmm. the Gilbert Police Department here. Because yeah, over and over again. Why was this unattended death not, why was there not more investigation? You know, we're not talking about mm-hmm. an 85-year-old man, you know. Yeah. This is a middle-aged man. Yeah. And there really was no question. They just, well, this is how he died. Well, yeah. I, I think now they're probably regretting that and looking back on, is it really? Mm-hmm. And considering, you know, that someone had threatened his life and assaulted him and, yeah, you know, the, the history, the family history here, and, mm-hmm. and he's an, an unattended death. Why would you not be looking into that? I Absolutely. Now, know, there, luckily, there was an autopsy performed. Before mm-hmm. he was cremated. And so there is, you know, an ongoing investigation, which is interesting. But, yeah, there seems to be several balls dropped here. Right. I mean, how far what, was it a cursory autopsy? What kind of autopsy was it? Yeah. You true. know. Yeah. Because heart attack and heart failure are two causes of death that are just sort of the, well, they're dead. Their heart stopped. So okay. she did. This. Yeah. Right. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And and so that I, I always feel like that's a concern when there wasn't, mm-hmm. you know, a medical doctor involved. There wasn't anybody witnessing it, you know. Yeah. Because yeah. here's a newsflash. Every time someone dies, their heart stops. It doesn't mean right. that's what caused their death. So I don't Absolutely. know. I have questions. So I'm very glad that they're looking into that further. Me too. And very curious to see where that goes. Yeah. So now move into we'll move, we're going to move forward again. To 2019, early 2019, Lori Vallow uh, disappeared from her family, just took off for 58 days. And for part of that time, it is believed that she was staying with Alex Cox. Part of that time, it looks like she was in um, Hawaii. And part of that time, it looks like she was perhaps in Idaho at a Preparing a People event in Boise. Mm-hmm. Um, part of that time, at least, though, she was with Alex. In mid-February 2019, there was a report that 
Uh, neighbors reported that Lori and Alex had a knockdown drag out fight in the middle of the street in front of Alex's house. The fight between them was so bad that neighbors were considering calling the police. They told the Daily Mail that she was screaming at him and accusing him of bringing shame to their family or disgrace on their family. After it was over, she left the house and didn't come back. That looks like it may have been when she finally showed back up at her with to her residence with her family that she had uh, slipped away from. So at any rate, pretty interesting stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Her car was at his house for an extended period, though, and there there were many attempts there to serve her with some of the papers that Charles Vallow had filed, you know, including a restraining order. And mm-hmm. there were orders there for her to have a psychological evaluation. She was never served because they could never find her. Uh, yeah. Being sheltered, obviously, there by her brother. So that uh, that happened. Now, moving forward to one of the most notable events uh, here, and that is on the 11th of July. This is when Charles Vallow was shot and killed by Alex Cox. Mm -hmm. Charles Vallow, of course, Lori Vallow's fourth husband and the father of JJ, the the younger missing child. Mm -hmm. So the shooting occurred around 8.30 a.m. Cox did claim self-defense. He claimed that Charles Vallow hit him in the head with a bat. We're going to hit the pause button on ourselves right now because I'm going to play for you the 911 call. It's about uh, seven minutes long. It is well worth the listen. So we're Mm going to step away for just a moment here so you guys can listen to the 911 call, and then we'll be back to analyze that. 911, where is your emergency? It's at uh, 5531 South Four Peaks. I think it's Four Peaks Lane. I'm not sure. I'm sorry. Okay, you don't know the direction. I don't know the the street name. If it's a lane or court. It's five five three one east though. Oh yeah, or south. South. South Four Peaks. Five five three one South Four Peaks in Chandler. Is that right? Yes. You need police yes. or paramedics. Uh, both. I mean, police and an ambulance. What's the emergency there? Uh, there's a. I got in a fight with my brother-in-law, and I shot him in self-defense. Okay. Let me get the medics on the phone. And is he hurt, or is he alive? Or? Yeah, there's blood. He's he's not moving. How long ago did this happen? Uh, a couple of minutes. Fire department, what is the address of the emergency? 5531. South Four Peaks. And is that a house in Chandler? Yes. And your phone number, please? 480-351-9120. And just repeat the address to confirm it. 5531 South Four Peaks. And what is the emergency? Uh, I, I shot my brother-in-law. Okay, what part of his body is injured? Uh, in the chest. I'm sorry, where? In the chest. Okay, is he awake and responsive or unconscious? Unconscious. Okay, is he breathing? I can't tell. Okay, are you wanting are you willing to go over to him and check? Sure. Okay, do you just let me know if you see his chest going up and down? How old is he? It's not moving. He's sixty. Okay, and are you wanting to start CPR? No, I don't know how to do that. I can walk you through it. 
Okay. So what I want you to do is you're going to put one hand in the center of his chest. Yeah. The other hand's going to go right on top of it. Okay. You're going to interlock your fingers, keeping your arms straight, and you're going to press down hard and fast into his chest. You're going to go okay. two inches down and fairly quickly. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Making sure his chest goes up between each compression. Where's the okay. bun now? Uh, it's in the other room. Okay. PD, we're going to stage for you. Okay, thank you. And just keep going with those compressions. Petey, did you have any other questions? Yes. What's your name, sir? My name is Alex. Last name is Cox, C-O-X. And where are you in the house now? Uh, in the living room. And where is the gun? Uh, it's in a bedroom. Who else is there in the house with you? Uh, just me. gun is it? Was it a... Uh, it's, it's my gun. It's a forty-five. A pistol? Forty-five caliber pistol? Yeah. Yeah. What's his name? Your brother-in-law? Charles Vallow. His last name, I'm sorry? V-A-L-L-O Vallow. V like Victor or G like George? V like Victor. Okay. Well, police and medics are on the way to help you. Um, Thank you. Are you still doing what, chest compressions with him? Yes. Okay, just keep pushing down hard and fast in the center of his chest. How long ago did this occur? Did it just happen? Yeah, maybe five minutes before I called. Make sure you're still pressing down at least two inches into his chest, and it comes up with each compression. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Okay, were you guys arguing when this happened? Yeah. Okay. And you said there's nobody else there, just you and him, correct? Correct. Okay. Could you just let us know when it's secure? Certainly. We'll do that. Thank you. And was he armed also, or just you, or what happened there? Yeah, he, he came at me with a bat. Anyone been drinking or doing drugs or anything today, or no? I, I don't know, but I've never seen him that enraged before. Does he live there with you, or where does he live? No, I live in Houston. He's what, married to your sister? Is she where is she? Correct. Uh, 
Uh, no, I think she's uh, taking her son to school. Questions? You still doing that? Do you see anything? Any response from him? Uh, you know? He's not responding at all. Some officers should be there. Let me know when they get inside. To you, the front door open. Yeah. Yet? It's unlocked. Okay. Can you come out, walk outside with your hands empty? Sure. Are you able to do that with your hands sure. up and empty? Yeah. Yeah. Your front door, right? Yeah. No weapons on me. Yep. 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 No one else is in the house. Yep. Get in here. Yep. Okay, so there you have it, right out of his mouth. Having lots of thoughts and lots of feels after that. Yeah, holy. I mean, it is graphic, you know. The whole thing is graphic. There's also a body cam. There's body cam footage from the police officer. We're not going to show that here, but I highly recommend that you guys go and find it. Find it and watch it if you have the stomach for it. Yeah, it's, if you have the it's stomach, a lot. It, it's very graphic. It shows the body. It shows blood. It's, you know, if, if those things are, you're sensitive, don't watch them. But mm-hmm. but let's talk about the 911 call. First oh of all, I, thoughts and feelings? What have you got? Well, first of all, um, if I had just shot someone in self-defense because I thought they were going to kill me, I think I might have a little more emotion than this dude did. He was so calm and nonchalant about the mm-hmm. whole thing. That was so weird and you could tell it was weird in the in the 911 operator and the fire department operator that he spoke to mm-hmm. you could sort of hear in their voices they were like well when did this happen well what yeah. happened why did you shoot him and you could tell they were like Jesus, this guy is not upset at all don't you think mm-hmm. if you just shot if you just shot and killed someone in your family yeah. that you might be a little upset yeah freaked out something yeah something yeah. well and the, uh, the it, point it, that she said uh when did this happen? And he was like, oh, I don't know, like five minutes before I called. Yeah. And he told, I don't know. and he said two minutes before he called to the 911 operator and five minutes to the fire department operator. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know what? It's been a lot longer than that for both. Yeah. Yeah. But CPR. Was, he didn't do CPR. Are you, have you ever, okay, I've never done CPR on a person, but I have had to take CPR training many times. And you're down there on the floor, on your knees, and you're pumping, and you're pumping, and you're pumping, and you know what you do? You start getting out of breath. 
Yeah. There is no way that guy did any, a couple of times he went, <gasps> yeah, and, and then he waited kind of like tapping. 10 seconds and then he yeah. <gasps> did it again. He was faking it the whole time. Mm-hmm. There's, if you've ever even done a class, you know that that idiot didn't do CPR, but I'll mm-hmm. tell you why I didn't do CPR. I fully believe, and this is just me, my psychic self. Mm-hmm. He waited until he was damn sure he was dead yeah. before he called 911. Absolutely. He knew. I don't know. I, I didn't, I, I can't tell if he's breathing. Oh, bullshit. You know, right. He waited yeah. until he was sure he wasn't. Yeah. But also in the body cam footage, Charles was on his face. Yeah. So you can't do CPR on somebody when they're laying on their face. No. And so he would have had to have turned him over to perform CPR, which he clearly Why did not do that. Give the police a red flag. Why? When they go and they see that he has not attempted um, you know, any life-saving anything and said that he did. Yeah. Why didn't that give them a clue that maybe this wasn't just a cut and dried self-defense situation? Yeah. Like that would have instantly set that off in my head. Like, wait a minute, you, he couldn't have done CPR. Yeah. Like if you were really just trying to defend yourself and not intentionally murdering someone, yeah. you would think that you would try to save their life. Yeah. Yeah. One would think. One would think. Yeah. A couple yeah, of other things I thought were weird that he was just kind of trying to be obstinate is that he couldn't remember the exact address. Is it lane yeah. or road or whatever? Bullshit. He knew. Right. He absolutely knew. And then he spelled Charles' last name wrong. He mm-hmm. said B-A-L-L-O. Yeah. He's standing in this man's house, number one. Number two, that's his sister's last name because she's married to him. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't know how to spell his name. Yeah. What was that? That was yeah. just please. more redirects. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just more redirects. Like, yeah. I don't know if he said stuff like that to try to sound like he was stressed because he mm-hmm. did not sound stressed at all. No, no, he nothing didn't. in that indicated to me that he was sorry he had done what he'd done or he was upset mm-hmm. or he was scared. Uh, don't you think you might be scared you were about to go to prison for murdering someone? Right. Well, at the very beginning, I shot my brother in law. It was self defense. The way he said that, yeah. it was it, what the yeah, yeah. I worry about it, guys. It was self defense. No oh, big yeah, deal. that guy here, but yeah. Oh, is he yeah. still breathing? I don't know. I, I haven't really looked. What? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that yeah. was a cut and dried self defense. Police, sure. Yep. No, it go. wasn't. Oh my god. Silver platter. Yeah. Just so strange. The the mm-hmm. the emotional reaction, the or lack, lack of, of emotional yeah. reaction. Just no way. Really, really strange. And I thought that listening, and I listened through the uh, 911 call a few times, I was chilled to the bone by it, Mm. honestly. Uh, This person had such a lack of conscience. Yeah. You know, nothing obvious. This was seemed to be, to me at least, such a planned situation. One thing that always has stuck out to me is that he says that Charles hit him in the head with a bat. Oh, that yes. injury was never treated. It was never addressed. Charles was played high school, college and semi-pro baseball in his younger years. Yeah. Have you guys ever been hit with a bat? Yeah. I have on accident in coaching kids before. Mm-hmm. And it hurts like hell. And I'm talking about kids. Yeah. Charles was a big man yeah. and had, you know, semi-pro baseball skills If he had truly 
and on and purposefully hit Alex in the head with a bat, he would have been the one making the 911 call. Right. That Absolutely. made no sense to me at all. No. None at all. Mm-mm. And the the fact that there was really no follow-up on Alex's injury, you know, just so weird. Again, it was made just me like they so easily accepted this story. This? Right. And that no one, including Charles Vallow's ex-wives, his adult children, his adult stepchild, none of them could corroborate that there'd ever been violence in Charles, that there'd ever been violence. Um, Was there an altercation? There was an argument, I think. Was it absolutely provoked by Alex and Lori? I believe it was. Mm -hmm. Planned down to the mm -hmm. Alex having a gun on him? Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there is, interestingly, you can also, in the body cam footage, and then there's other footage of Lori and Tylee's interviews with the police. um, As of of a certain date, there actually hadn't been a released, uh, this was as of February, Alex's uh, statements had not been released. I still don't think they have been. I have not seen them. No, but they're still, they're back to investigating this now. Yeah, they're back they, to investigating. They screwed up. Mm-hmm. But uh, Lori and Tylee's stories are very strange. Tylee's is so rehearsed and so, odd. Oh, it is. Uh, but it doesn't match her mother's. I would be so well, curious Lori to see what Alex Lori just smiles and flips her blonde hair the whole time. Oh, it's yeah. sickening. Yep. And then, of course, later that afternoon, they actually throw a big pool party at that house. Yeah. And neighbors report that there were a lot of people there. Yeah. So bizarre. So, well, the other bizarre, so bizarre part of this is that when they ask um, Alex, is there anyone else in the house? No, my sister. I, I think she took her son to school or something. Or something. Yeah. Or something. I don't know. What? Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not I'm sure where alone. she is. I'm not sure mm-hmm. where she is. I think she took her son to school. Yeah. You just murdered her husband, dude. And she just yeah. got in the car and took her kid to school. I mean, it's mm-hmm. just, I mean, I'm sorry, but I think Barney Fife should have been able to see through this. If you mm-hmm. are old enough to know who the hell I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> let, let alone, I don't know. I've got questions about the Chandler police, yeah. but I also Spoiler have alert, questions about not some of the other police dinosaur. in this situation. Yeah. No, yeah. no, he is not. <laughs> but it just, yes. it blows me away. Like this story is, it's so bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, was this just the easiest thing to accept at the time, that then it was easy? Mm -hmm. Did they just have bigger fish to fry than a domestic dispute and they just let it go? Unfortunately, it just seems like clear back to, you know, the divorce and custody case with Joseph Ryan. Up to this point, it seems like so many balls have been dropped. And had they not been, maybe we wouldn't have two missing kids on our hands at this point. Right. And, and, you know, I, I know that a lot of the police are... These things are being investigated now and they're looking into it now. But I agree. Yeah. Why did all of this fly under the radar for so long? Yeah. I Multiple states, I'm sure, is a part of it. Multiple um, jurisdictions. I, that's mm-hmm. for sure. And this cute little white blonde lady that just seems to find a way to sweet talk herself out of everything. I think that's a part up. of it. Yeah. Her manipulation skills are off the charts. Well, yes, but also... Um, the ability for people in authority to fall for it also makes yeah. me want to vomit. That is yeah. so aggravating to me mm-hmm. that she, you know, has basically used her privilege yeah. uh, to get away with all this shit till now. Absolutely. 
absolutely. And so here we are, you know, finally she is in jail. There are charges. There are lots more charges that seem to be coming. Mm-hmm. But we'll get back to Alex for now and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll continue on this track, I'm sure, lots of times. <laughs> but, yeah. All right. So there were never any charges filed. Uh, we go through Charles's, uh, you know, whatever, you know, charge, there all of the things that happened with Charles that we already had reported that. So we won't keep going here, but on that, but we'll keep going on yeah, later in that day on the 11th, that is when the neighbors report they host a pool party and lots of people in loud music. Very interesting. So move they forward. They must have had to really hurry to clean up the blood before they could host that party. Yeah. Now move forward to the 28th of August in Rexburg, Idaho. The townhome that Alex Cox was purchasing was taken off the market. It's believed then that he that was when he purchased it. So... Eventually, Lori and Alex and Melanie Boudreaux all purchased or rented townhomes in the same complex in Rexburg. They were all neighbors for a short time. Just a mile or two from you. Yes. Yep. Just, yeah, not very far from me at all. And so that was on the 28th of August that his apartment came off of the market, interestingly, uh, or townhome. They were actually townhomes. But, uh, and just a note, uh, on the 2nd of December is when uh, that apartment was listed for rent or that townhome. I, I, I'm seeing it listed as apartment. They're actually townhomes. They're I guess townhomes. it doesn't matter. Yeah. But anyway, uh, it was listed for rent on the 2nd of December. Looks like the rent was reduced on the 3rd of January, shortly after the case went public, and it was sold on the 10th of February. So it did sit, sit empty for a while. So why did Alex move to Rexburg? Well, I mean, to be closer to Lori is the only, you know, great explanation, except for that I do feel like they were trying to get out of Arizona. Mm-hmm. They got away with something. And I do feel like they were trying to get out of Arizona. And Lori was mm-hmm. coming here because she was following Chad. So, of yeah. course, her other little followers came too. Yes. This also goes along, though, with the beliefs that they were gathering. She was a, a god or goddess that was in charge of gathering the 144,000 together to be prepared for Christ's second coming in July 2020. Those are a part of Lori's belief system. Apparently, they needed to be here in Idaho to do so. So that's that's just those are just some dates that are of interest. And so Mm -hmm. at some point there after the end of August, uh, Alex did move here to Rexburg and live in a townhome here. Um, On the 8th of September, 2019, that is the last day that Tylee Ryan is seen alive. There are pictures of her and her mother and Alex and JJ in Yellowstone Park. And of course that's the last time anyone ever saw Tylee. Now, obviously, we know that it was that uh, JJ came home and was seen a few more times before he officially disappeared. Yeah. But that was the last time that Tylee Ryan was seen, and she was with Alex on that day. Yeah. Now we'll bump jump forward by almost a month. Brandon Boudreaux. Brandon Boudreaux is the nephew by marriage of Alex Cox. He was married mm-hmm. to Melanie Boudreaux, who was, who is Alex's nephew, niece. Now 
there's a piece of this story that's kind of missing. I wish I had better information. Um, maybe we'll come up with it later. I have hunted and hunted. I've read things yeah. before, but I ha- I don't have it all together. Hopefully we will. But yeah. there is a sister to Alex and Lori. There's a brother, too, named Adam, who's really tried hard to stay the hell out of this for obvious reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Alex and Lori had a sister. That sister died quite a few years ago, uh, uh, supposedly, or according to reports, by complications of type 1 diabetes. That Mm -hmm. is Melanie Boudreaux's mother. There have been some scuttlebutt that when she died, that Alex ended up in trouble because he was using her credit cards at -hmm. the point of and after her death was using her credit cards. So, you know, again, I don't have proof of that at this time. I will continue to try to gather that. But that's one of the things that has been said that, you know, maybe another peek into the character of Alex. I'm not saying that Alex killed his sister. I'm not making any, you know, assertion. I don't know that. I do know, though, that there's yet another death around them and maybe uh, mismanagement and mishandling of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... So that's that's how Melanie Boudreaux ties into the story. She was the niece of Lori and Alex and appears to be, uh, especially if you read the transcripts of her new husband, Ian Pulowski, was a very devout um, follower of Lori and Alex, Lori, not even Alex, of Lori and her belief system and Chad. Chad. So back in Arizona on the 2nd of October, Brandon Boudreaux. This is the soon-to-be ex-wife, or ex-husband, sorry, of Melanie, was shot out outside of his home in Gilbert, Arizona, around 9.30 a.m. The shooter was driving what has been uh, now identified as Tylee Ryan's 2018 Jeep Wrangler. It was owned by Charles, who then I guess was owned by Lori. It's registered in Charles Vallow's name. It had Texas plates and Boudreaux and his... uh, private investigator did identify Alex Cox as the shooter. Uh, He did not kill him. He shot, he missed him by inches, shot out the window of his Tesla and he managed to get himself and his children to safety because at that point it occurred to him or appeared to him that perhaps he wasn't safe after being shot at. And after seeing what happened to Charles, he managed to become safe, get him and his children safe. And, you know, I think that had he not taken some steps to assure their safety, it really makes me wonder. Yeah. If he was if next he, on the list. Well, he was, obviously. this isn't and if, the only failed attempt on one of the people in this situation who did die, because mm-hmm. it was a failed attempt on Tammy Daybell as well. Yes. Yes, there's a failed attempt on Tammy Daybell. Now, there's some interesting information about that. About at this time, about a storage unit that Lori had acquired in Rexburg, and the tapes from the, the security tapes from the storage unit show on one day Chad and Lori coming into the storage unit, working together to carry in what looks like a spare tire and the, the uh, seat out of uh, a jeep or. Presumably so. Mm-hmm. And that was the day, or I believe the day before, Brandon Boudreaux was shot at. The day after Brandon was shot at, 
there is footage of, of Lori and Alex coming back to get it. Taking the seat and the tire out of the storage unit, mm-hmm. putting it presumably back in the Jeep. Yeah. Uh, so who was driving the Jeep? Because it seems as though, and this is what Brandon Boudreaux and his uh, attorneys are saying, is that Alex was in the back of the Jeep shooting out the back window. So who was driving the Jeep? Yeah. It wasn't Lori because she was on her, she was shown, uh, you know, in footage in Rexburg. Uh, Mm -hmm. It doesn't appear to be Chad. He was also in Rexburg. So that is always of interest to me that somebody was driving that Jeep. There have been allegations that it was Tylee that was driving that Jeep. Yes, but this was in October. I know. So we don't know. No one knows. But that is one, that is one of the stories out there. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but it doesn't line up with her, no one seeing her, but that was yeah. one. Now, obviously we know that uh, Alex has been to jail. He's been into trouble. He's, you know, it's not a stretch for me to think that Alex has friends in low places, you know, right. but first sure. maybe it wasn't that big of a stretch to think that he had somebody that would drive the Jeep, no problemo, mm-hmm. uh, or that it was someone else involved in this case. Could it have been Melanie? She mm-hmm. says no. She claims that she has no idea it happened, but somebody does. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's all just, those are points of interest at any rate. Uh, a little right around that time as well, Melanie Boudreaux showed up in Utah at her in-law's house trying to get her children back. Uh, she claimed that she had uh, legal papers giving her the rights to take them. The police disagreed with that. They arrested her and took her to jail where guess who comes and bails her out? Uncle Alex. Yeah. So boy was getting around. I have lots yeah, of questions right now sure about was. that because where was the money coming from? Mm-hmm. I mean, between the three of them, they either and or purchased three townhomes or rented them. They were all moving to Rexburg. It doesn't appear that any of them were working. No. Where And Alex was all over the place. Yeah. Where was the money coming from? Yeah. I, I think that's a big question that has not been answered yet in this case, mm-hmm. yeah. um, because there seems to be a lot of money. Yeah. That seems to have no source. Yeah. Yeah. Because we know Lori didn't have it because she didn't get Charles life insurance. Right. Right. Now, then we have, of course, the death of Tammy Daybell. Well, back up. On 10-9, October 9th, Tammy Daybell files a report with the Rexburg Police Department claiming to be shot at by a masked man carrying a paintball gun in her front yard. They have later determined that that was not a paintball gun. That was a rifle with a silencer on it or a gun of some port with a silencer on it. Um, A lot of authorities now are kind of, there's a belief now that that was the same gun that was used to shoot at Brandon Boudreaux. There's a big belief now, and they are investigating Alex's connection to the death of Tammy Daybell. So that's the big question. Was that Alex? Mm-hmm. Was he trying to kill Tammy in her front yard? Well, they and... found that gun in Charles' mm-hmm. house. That Chad's. was one of the things, or Chad's house. Sorry, mm-hmm. um, yes, in Chad's house when they mm-hmm. did uh, when they went in and searched Charles' house, they found that gun. That's why they know what it is. Yep. 
Yep. So, who was running around with that gun? It was a masked man at dusk shooting at her in her driveway. Yeah, dressed all in black, head mm-hmm. to toe. She wouldn't know him, I would imagine. Yeah. Maybe she would. I don't know. I mean, obviously, there's been some affiliation here. Mm-hmm. <coughs> I'm guessing probably those two families, not, but... So my my psychic sense on that is that, yeah, that was yet another failed attempt. I do believe that that absolutely was Alex mm-hmm. and that that was the plan right there to shoot her where she stood in her driveway. Gun jammed. I don't. Yep. Gun jammed. Uh, I'm going to say right now that I believe that it, it's my personal belief. Spidey senses here that Alex was a bit low Q, a low IQ. I mm-hmm. don't think he was very smart. I feel mm-hmm. like he made a lot of mistakes. I feel like he was just, you know, following the marching orders of his sister. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't think for himself mm-hmm. uh, much he, at all. Very impulsive also. Just mm-hmm. very impulsive. Yeah, and, and easy to manipulate. Mm-hmm. Doesn't seem like Lori had a hard time getting him to do what she wanted him to do. No, not at all. He seemed to be willing to do whatever she wanted. Uh-huh. I do also, and again, I this this is entirely my own sense and so don't ask for proof I don't have it I suspect that Alex had some of his own vices I suspect that he had a sex addiction I suspect that he had some issues with uh not with alcohol not with drugs sorry but maybe with alcohol you know I mean these these were Mormons but I don't think that he was nearly as devout in the sense of uh you know Marching by the beat of the Mormon drum so much as his sister did. It, it didn't seem strike to me be that way. in other areas of his life. Mm-hmm. And in watching his stand-up comedy, it mm-hmm. didn't seem to be. Mm-hmm. But he reeks to me of someone who has some issues with sex addiction and, you know, maybe more. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to I'm gonna validate that. I'm very yeah. familiar with the energy of a problem like that. And it yeah. definitely does... It does feel that way to me as well. Mm -hmm. When I was looking into the fight between the two of them and what could she have been so mad about and what was Alex doing that she said was bringing shame to their family. And I really felt like this was, this had to do with his behavior around sex and sex addiction. Something that yeah. she wasn't in control of, that Lori wasn't in control of. Mm-hmm. I agree. And that, that that's what it really came down to is that she was very angry with him for doing something yeah. that she had told him not to do. Yeah. Now, on the 5th of November, 2019, the police show up to do a welfare check on the kids. And they run into Alex and Chad out front while they're trying to find Lori's townhome, Right. And two things happened. Chad acted as if he didn't know Lori very well and didn't know her phone number, which was pretty odd considering they were married. Yes. But, you know, that was his first misdirect of the police. Uh, Mm -hmm. Alex told the police that JJ was with his grandmother, Kay Woodcock, in Louisiana, which was a strange thing to say considering that it was Grandma Kay in Louisiana who had called for the welfare check. Exactly. but they both had lied to the police to their faces uh, and tried to misdirect at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, always, always covering for Lori, always. Oh, yeah. Now, on the 27th of November, Alex moves back to Arizona. That's when he vacated that town home. 
On the 29th of Arizona, Alex gets married. He marries a woman named Zulina Pastinas in Las Vegas. Same weekend that Melanie Boudreau marries Ian Pulowski. The four yep. of them go. Interesting. Uh, according to the owner, they got married. Okay, they got married at a, a chapel of love in Vegas. Uh, the minister spoke about it later, saying there was a lack of emotional response and that they were very cold. It was all business. They wanted to get in and out. The service lasted for eight minutes, and the only witness was the chapel security guard. Yeah. Interestingly, Alex takes Zulima's last name. Is this another attempt to just escape the public eye? Is this another mm-hmm. attempt to close themselves off a little from the police that might be uh, closing in? You can you can make your own decision about that. Uh, mm-hmm. So Melanie and Ian immediately leave Vegas and head back to Rexburg. Melanie claims that Zulima and Alex stayed in Las Vegas for two extra days to prepare earthquakes to strike in Utah. Yeah, They had a belief there that they needed to shake up the Mormon church and get their attention. And to do so, they were going to create earthquakes that would strike Utah to shake up Salt Lake. Now, really interestingly, this spring, Salt Lake, that Salt Lake area, Salt Lake Valley in Utah, has had a bunch of earthquakes and (laughs) some that did damage to some of the Mormon uh, buildings there, the temple and some things. So the temple Moroni dropped this trumpet off the Salt Lake temple. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Didn't, didn't happen in November. Like they were trying to plan, but it did in fact happen. Yeah. Did they cause them? I'm not saying they did. Probably not because you know, it's the Wasatch fault line, but still, (laughs) but they don't usually get, uh, earthquakes like that there. So that's kind of a, then a weird note. But yeah. again, uh, you know, this kind of tracks their belief system, but they were preparing earthquakes. That's what Melanie Pulowski said. Yeah. I'd be really well, curious what to Ian know Pulowski said how they Melanie were preparing said. them. I have not heard that. And I would like to know how were they? I know just from like a metaphysical standpoint, I've been examining that. What did they Was think that, they were doing? Right. Was that a disruption in the ley lines where they, actually like trying to attack the Wasatch Front, like from an energetic place. Sorry, you guys going way off of the case here for a minute, but from an energetic place, what does that look like? What does that mean? Interesting. And why would you do it? (laughs) Why would you do it? Right. Uh, Because yet again, if you are someone who believes that you can create an earthquake, which, you know, I know a lot of people in a lot of different metaphysical worlds, and I believe that some people probably actually do believe that they can, and maybe some that can. I don't think that's completely far-flung, that they could create some kind of movement in the earth with enough intention or work. And, you know, call me crazy. Some of you will, but I've seen a lot of things, you know. Um, (laughs) Right. but, But to me, if I believed that I could create a massive earthquake... That would, and believed that I wanted to create a massive earthquake, the result of that would mean that I didn't care about lives lost. Yeah. Right? Uh, Yet again, you would have to think that this goes back to all of the beliefs that these two have been, or that these guys have, that their means to an end are justified, that God said so, so they'll do what they are told. Yeah. If you thought that you could create a natural disaster and you were more than willing to do so, you wouldn't care at all about right. the fact that people could die. 
that right. you could I mean, create a terrible thing. I mean, that's, that's scary to think. Cold you are. Yeah. 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 Well, you know, I mean, at this point, he's already at least killed one person, maybe two. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, is it that far-fetched to think that he would do something like that or think that he could do something like that? Probably not. Right. Right. So now, fast forward, these two have been married since the 29th of November on the 12th of December. So just two weeks later, Alex Cox dies. He dies of suspicious causes in Gilbert, Arizona. Zulima's 25-year-old son, Joseph Lopez, finds him unresponsive on the bathroom floor in his own feces and as unable to turn him over or administer CPR because he has lost control of his bowels, he is apparently uh, convulsing and foaming at the mouth. He refers to Cox in the 911 call as his mother's boyfriend and doesn't know his last name. So I thought that was an interesting piece. This, this man is 25. He's not a kid. All he knows Alex has is his mom's boyfriend. Doesn't refer to him as her husband, which makes you wonder if he knows, but he's her husband, doesn't mm-hmm. know his last name. Very interesting. At mm. any rate, uh, he dies. Uh, the family, their family has been telling people that he died from an asthma attack. Uh, and yet, uh, obviously, there's something something stinks here, and it's not just Alex. So right. Cause of death has not been determined. Well, or it has not been released publicly, I would say. Maybe right. it has been determined, but it's, yep. it's um, under investigation. And it was ruled as a suspicious death. Yeah. yeah. So there is toxicology involved in that. There is an autopsy ongoing. So that's what we know. Moving forward this year, of course, there have been, you know, sometimes there was a, uh, Justin Loom or Lum had reported that uh, he had received some confidential info from the Gilbert Police Department that they were now investigating Alex for Charles's death. They also, Mm -hmm. uh, the local police here are investigating Alex for Tammy's death. There is some, there was a leak that anyway, and this was reported by Arizona family. They reported that sources close to the missing Idaho children uh, told CBS news that Alex Cox may be linked to Tammy Daybell's death. He died before he could be questioned, but that there is an electronic paper trail that they are following. So there's something interesting there. Uh, So I guess we go back. I mean, do we want to talk about that death? Some people believe that he killed himself. Some people believe that he was killed by somebody else. So what the hell happened? And also, why did he and Zulima get married? Actually, let me tell you guys a little bit about Zulima, and then we'll get into that. So mm-hmm. Zulima is is LDS. She is, <clears throat> pardon me, she's a self-professed emotion code practitioner. Some of you guys know what that is. It's a pretty common uh, energy work type uh, modality. Mm-hmm. She lists cuddling in as one of her services in her profile, interestingly. <laughs> Um, okay. Yep. She, of course, did uh, marry Alex. That's about all we know about Zulima. She's been really, really quiet. I suspect Well, that... she's involved, though, in that same group. Yes. Oh, yeah. She's involved in that same group. I think that we probably need to know uh, 
a little bit more, you know, about this moving forward, uh, I think that more information about Zulima will come out. She's mm-hmm. done a good job of staying uh, below the radar for pretty obvious reasons. So a few questions I have uh, that I, I would like for us to analyze. The first of all is, why did Zulima and Alex get married? Okay, so here's what I have on this. Uh, at the time prior to this happening, Lori's big job was gathering people in for the 144,000. And I feel like she was deeming people either in or out of her special club. And if you were in the club, if you're a Mormon, you have to be married. That is a big Mormon rule that you don't get to go to the highest of heights and, you know, you don't get to to run with the big dogs unless you're married. Mm -hmm. Weirdly. And, and, and let's say, let's say this very clearly, unless you're heterosexually married. Right. And Alex was not. Mm -hmm. And, you know, also, well, keep going. I have another question for you on that, but keep going. Yeah. Okay. So Alex was not, and obviously has maybe had some issues in the past. I don't think Alex had ever been married before. Um, and, and Zulima is supposedly one of these, you know, high ups in this group preparing a people or whatever they're going to call themselves now. I don't know. Um, and so I, I feel like Lori was trying to connect him to Mm -hmm. someone in, in, in that organization, just like she was now connected by being married to, um, uh, Chad. Mm -hmm. And I feel like there was also this stuff with Melanie where they had determined that, uh, Brandon Boudreaux was not in the club. And so they needed no. to hurry and get her married to someone who could be in the club. And they got her married really quick to poor Ian Pilowski, who had no idea what he was getting into. Oh yeah. Um, but I, but I do, um, I, I think that it has something to do with, um, you know, qualifying for the 144,000 bonus club. Yeah. Okay. So a few, uh, a few questions or, or things to know on that. Yeah. They had, uh, there, there was a talk that, uh, you know, Melanie had said that Brandon was also one of those zombies, you know, that yep. had been yep. All right. taken over by a demon or something. Yeah. Wasn't, uh, you know, wasn't good enough for the club at that point. Yeah. Uh, there's also been some speculation that Alex was actually gay. Yeah. And that, uh, that makes me wonder a little about like the fight in the street. Mm-hmm. And makes me wonder about, uh, you know, the fact that there, it does appear that he's never been married before, that this marriage of sorts seemed to be a very uh, business-like deal. Mm-hmm. It really makes me wonder if Alex was gay, mm-hmm. but that was totally not okay in their organization. That's been my impression. Totally not okay. Yeah, that Lori's trying to make him fit mm-hmm. in, you know, as she has always done, I think, trying mm-hmm. to make him fit. And yeah. that this was another step of that. And I agree that the uh-huh. name change also was to protect him. Uh-huh. If he no longer went by Cox and he was living in a different state. It may be harder to find him if they ever decide to, you know, actually look into Charles's death. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe Joseph's too, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, they're, they have reopened Joseph's death and they are investigating right. Alex Cox. But again, you know, being dead and all, it's quite inconvenient, but yeah. What do, you, what do you do? At least it would be nice to have some of this zipped at up. At least in to some know way. the truth of it. At least to know what actually happened and, and yeah. you know, at least get the players who are still living some consequences for all this craziness. Yeah. Absolutely. Because Absolutely. he didn't do those things of his own volition. You know, he didn't. No. He did no. those things because Lori wanted him to do those mm-hmm. things like he's done so many other things. So I have seen this happen before. 
with other, not in this case, but in other uh, instances, where the ringleader of sorts basically controls people through that, their, their whims by telling them that God said so. Yeah. You know, I had a dream. I had a vision. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, I, I can just imagine the conversation with her going to Zulima and to Alex going, well, God said you two are getting married. You know? Yeah. And I it reminds there me was of, really just... no relationship between them before that. No. Uh-uh. No. I just watched Waco on Netflix. And if you haven't watched Waco on Netflix, do. But it's exactly the same stuff that ha- would happen with... Um, David Crush, you know, uh-huh. God said, so now you have to do this or that. And he yeah. would marry and then unmarry and marry off someone to someone else kinds of things all the mm-hmm. time because yeah. God said, God said, yeah, just knock my microphone down. Um, <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I, it's the same kind of thing. I think, and, and Alex was just willing to do whatever she said. Mm-hmm. Yep. So then the biggie, Alex, how did Alex die? Did Alex kill himself? Did Zulima kill Alex? There is some speculation that Lori killed Alex, and yet there's really no proof that she was in Arizona at the time at all. Oh, I, I did do stepson kill Alex. How did I Alex do feel that Alex was poisoned. I feel they're going to find yeah. that he was poisoned in some way. I do feel that this is going to come back once we know the truth about the children mm-hmm. to be related to what has happened to the children. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, your hitman can become a liability. Yeah. And I'm afraid that that's what occurred here, mm-hmm. that there was some, you know, kind of hit a wall of maybe I'm not going to do this anymore. Maybe I don't want to be a part of this anymore. Maybe there was some extreme guilt. I don't know. You know, none of that's been mm-hmm. expressed publicly. That's just my sense is that something with him shifted and it reali- she realized, Lori, mm-hmm that he was becoming a liability in her situation. Yeah. Did she yeah. kill him directly? I'm not sure. Um, did she know? I, I do feel she did. This is mm-hmm. just no evidence. This is allegedly, this is my yeah. psychic sense of it, that she certainly knew that she certainly was involved in some way. And that this has to do with something that went down with him after what we will eventually find out happened with the children. Yep. I agree. And I wonder if she had believed that getting him married, marrying him to Zulima so that she could keep an eye on him Mm -hmm. would be useful. I'm going to take it one step further and say that I think that there's a player here that we don't know. Mm -hmm. I think there is a person that's in Arizona that's attached to this group that we have not seen surface in the news yet. Mm -hmm. I, I think they will at some point. I think they were the person that were driving the Jeep. Mm-hmm. And I think they are the person that delivered the dose to Alex. However, they did it. Mm-hmm. I do believe there is a player here that we don't know about. There's probably a lot of players here we don't know about, mm-hmm. but I think there's a key player that we don't know about mm-hmm. that has played some pretty significant roles here. That in... has managed to stay out of the limelight. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. yeah that I, agree with I, you I on suspect that. will come out, but the connection to Alex's death, I think is that the reason we don't know who did it is because we don't know them. Yeah. You know, that yeah. someone did it. Someone They're did not it. on this gigantic timeline yet. No, not yet, but they will be. They will be. I don't think it was Zulima. I will say that. I don't think it was. I don't either, although I do very much agree with your statement that the part of marrying him to her was to keep an eye on him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. 
So that is Alex. Anything else you want to add to that before we move on to current events? Not really. Just um, that, you know, posthumously he's going to get saddled with a lot. And mm-hmm. and one one concern that I have is that he's kind of a con- he's a he's a convenient scapegoat at this point yeah. that he's going to get saddled with a lot of things eventually because yeah. he's dead. And yep. and what I really hope is that the the reality that he didn't do any of these things without direction, mm-hmm. I believe, you know, will come out. And yeah. that that's really important that it does so that the folks that are still living get their consequences for what they have done. And it not just all land in his lap. Yep. Agreed. Absolutely. Okay. So, and if you guys have anything you want to add or share or pick apart with this, just throw it out in the chat room. Uh, You know what? There's whatever you want to tell us is absolutely fine. We Mm -hmm. definitely keep an eye on the comments. I'm calling it the chat room. That's my radio brain. Um, Right. In in the comments section, you know, tell us Mm -hmm. what you think. We we want to hear it. I mean, there's just a lot of, uh, information overload here and I, I think that every thought feeling is valid and sometimes you guys have some info that we don't that I'm always interested to see so don't hesitate to share with us uh some current events uh, you know this case is changing literally sometimes on the daily so mm-hmm. a couple of things to note uh this week uh Lori's bail hearing was moved again so she's supposed to be going to court for the uh you know the, the pre-trial is supposed mm-hmm. to be happening the on May 5th and 6th. Will that be moved? I think it's very likely. So what's happened yeah. basically is that the Supreme Court has had orders out across the nation to keep the amount of things in the courts at the bare minimum right now because of COVID. And so now twice a bail hearing has been pushed back. You know, the people who support her have been really enraged by that and are continuing to claim that her constitutional rights are being violated. The fact is she's already had two bail hearings and, you know, the, the prosecutor has called this an abuse of the courts that you don't get to constantly reevaluate bail when the judge has spoken. spoken. But since there is a new judge on the case from the last time she applied for, uh, or, you know, asked for, reduced bail they're asking again Mm -hmm. so you know it's kind of one of those things that you know is she really entitled to another bail hearing well you know the courts are saying it's not that important to us right now we're trying to keep everyone here safe from getting covid so we're we're cutting back so that was of interest so now the bail hearing is set for next week the the first week in may which would only be a few days before the pretrial hearing, but I still suspect that we'll see the pretrial hearing be moved. But mm-hmm. I do too. So those are some of the things happening. The other is that her attorney, Mark Means, has filed, he filed with the state attorney general's office and he filed with the Madison County prosecutor's office um, asking for a boatload of very specific documents and oh, things yeah. related to. Charles, related to Joseph, related to Alex, related to Chad. Um, well, in the state's case against, you know, about Tammy yeah. Daybell. Yeah, the state's case against Tammy Daybell. Which has not, no one has even been charged on mm-hmm. that case yet. So we've been watching this one with interest because that was, that was, has been our question. Are they truly required to turn over these things? Turns out, no, they're not. Mm-mm. Both offices responded this week to Mark Means uh, objecting to his request, claiming that they are 
uh, you know, basically completely irrelevant. No one has mm-hmm. been charged and or uh, they're irrelevant to the case at hand. And so yeah. this enormous amount of paperwork that he has requested, he's getting very little of it yeah. because he's asking for things that they are not in any way obligated to turn over right. uh, and, and perhaps not even things they have. Remember it's that Mark Means is not. Stuff. Yeah. Well, remember that Mark Means is not a criminal law attorney. Mm-mm. And, you know, lots of uh, lawyers are kind of watching this with a little snicker going, bro doesn't know what he's doing. And mm-hmm. he's proving it over and over again. Uh, that worries me only that I would never want uh, it to be deemed that Lori didn't have appropriate counsel, except for that she's the one that hired them. So I think it would mm-hmm. be okay. The other thing that came out, though, was a witness list, a potential witness list oh of gosh. witnesses that could be called in the Lori's current charges. Now, Lori's current charges are two counts of, uh, oh, help me. Child abandonment. Thank you. <laughs> felony, felony child abandonment. Felony child abandonment. And then there's three misdemeanor uh, charges relating to, you know, failure to appear, you know, with the kids back mm-hmm. in January and lying to the police, you know, the Asking her friend to lie to the police. Yeah, Yeah. asking her friend, uh, yeah, Melanie uh, Gibbs to lie to the police. Gibb, yeah. So there's been, so those are the charges. So anyway, basically, they did send out a list this week of 47 people that the uh, prosecutor may call in this case. Chad Daybell is one of them. So there's been a lot of scuttlebutt about, well, he wouldn't have to, uh, would he have to, actually testify where this is his wife well here's the answer no in idaho yes yep we don't have a spousal spousal privilege in idaho and there are special laws pertaining to children that also uh negate any idea of spousal privilege right and what happened to the kids happened before they were married and so there's all of these reasons why the only thing that chad could claim and this is Idaho, don't forget, is some kind of religious privilege. And so, and oh, he might. Great. He Here we go. Will. Well, we've Here also we talked about that he may, in fact, plead the fifth, invoke the Fifth Amendment, uh-huh. you know, because he, it, it will be self-incrimination. And so there's some questions about all of that. What, yeah. I, what I thought was very funny is that the news published this list with the headline, are you on the list? <laughs> because it was so <laughs> many people. It was like, you better check. Maybe you're on this mm-hmm. list. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's uh, all of the, the teachers and people that had access to JJ after she came to Idaho, yeah. uh, neighbors, clergy, uh, you know, friends, a lot of various people. Yeah. yeah it's very interesting. A lot of people, including some members of Chad's family. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, Chad's parents had reported that Lori told them that she was an empty nester. Yeah. Another person here in Rexburg that she had told that uh, Tylee died a year ago when yeah. she had moved to Rexburg. Her daughter had died a year beforehand. Uh, and lots of other people, you know, that their mm-hmm. lives piled up and... They're coming out in so many interesting ways. But anyhow, oh, so the witness list was pretty fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it really was. But it, I, I think it's also, it's indicative of the fact that the our legal system here has taken this seriously. I'm happy yes. to see it. I feel like mm-hmm. this is the first time 
her shenanigans have been taken seriously. Absolutely. Yep. And very other, seriously other, and other jurisdictions now are taking, you know, note and following. Note, yeah following mm-hmm. as well but i think somebody is finally going wait what is going on with this person you know yeah one of the witnesses was the united states social security office yes <laughs> which well because this, she's been collecting the kids yeah. of social security even after they were missing yeah and and you know as that been, is a federal crime that is a really yeah. big deal mm-hmm. uh, my son received social security i know about this <laughs> Yeah, you don't receive Social Security of people, you know. Right. That money, wherever those children are, if they are with someone, that money should be going to them because that money is for right. their care. Yes. And, and um, what's been reported is that there is absolutely no evidence that that money has been going anywhere except yeah. for into Lori's bank account. That She's not transferred it to someone else. No one else is nope. accessing it from a different place with a card or anything. Yeah. It's not been happening. Well, and yeah. if, if in fact they find that the children have are deceased, I mean, collecting that's that's a federal crime to collect social yeah. security from someone after they passed away. It's it's a big right. deal. Yeah, and it's see, they one they, more federal felony to land on her. Well, two felonies because it's two kids. It's two kids and two different cases. Uh, Tylee would have been receiving social security for because her father yeah. is deceased. Now JJ could have been receiving social security because potentially he could be on disability. Uh, because he he is autistic, or he was receiving social security because of Charles's death. Yes. So one way or the other, yeah, there's two cases there. Yeah. yeah. So that's what's new in this case. Uh, <laughs> there's always something. So we'll yeah. leave it here, and uh, we'll we'll see what happens. Obviously, uh, if they do make it to court there on the fifth and sixth, we will definitely be reporting on that. And uh, if they don't, we, there's still so much more to come. So oh yeah. No, I'm sure we'll have updates. <laughs> yeah, definitely. If there's anything about this case that we haven't spoken on or elaborated on or that you're just more curious about, drop us a comment and let us know. Uh, sometimes yeah. I think we might gloss over things that uh, we understand because of the culture that we have you know, been raised in that maybe some of you guys don't. So if there's something you want to know about, let us know and we'll see what we can do. But yeah, or go to our our fan book, our fan page on Facebook is True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. We also have a discussion group that's linked to that group, to mm-hmm. that page where you can go and ask questions as well. If you're not, if you're listening on a podcast and not on YouTube, that's a great way to get a comment to us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, you have been listening to True Crime Paranormal with the Psychic Sisters. We will see you next time. Thanks for listening, guys. Be sure Bye. to subscribe, like, and share. Take care. If you're enjoying this podcast, don't forget to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast platform. If you're watching us on YouTube, you can always like and subscribe there as well. We also love comments and reviews. True Crime Paranormal is hosted by Katie Weaver and Christy Brower and produced by Christy Brower. True Crime Paranormal is a short girl productions podcast.